Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. To become a supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining me this week. We're going to be looking at Vayera, which is Genesis chapters 18 through 22, and which continues the story of Abraham and Sarah that we began last week. Before we jump in, one announcement, something new, something different that we're doing, which is called Tikva through text. Tikva, of course, is the Hebrew word for hope. And Tikva through text is a weekly half-hour study on Zoom whose purpose is to help us find hope and connection in each other. The idea here is that as Jews, one of the places that we find hope, that we find light in dark times, is through study. Throughout history, when the world has felt challenging, Jews have turned to Torah and turned to each other in order to find connection, in order to find guidance, in order to find some sense of light in the darkness. And so we're organizing a half-hour study on Zoom every week, taught by a different rabbi on some text or topic that brings hope into a dark world. And we're going to do this every Thursday at noon Eastern or 9 a.m. Pacific and invite everyone to join us. And of course, because it's La Sok, our study will always be from a progressive, inclusive, egalitarian perspective. So this is totally open to everybody. Please tell your friends. And in order to sign up so that you can get a weekly reminder of the Zoom link and everything, you just go to laasok.org, L-A-A-S-O-K.org, and click on Tikva through text. We're starting next Thursday, November 9th, and I look forward to seeing you. I'm hoping that this can be something that brings a little bit of goodness into all of our lives right now. Now, speaking of connection, this week's Torah portion, Vayera, really has a number of connections to the Jewish lives that we're living. As the Parsha opens, we meet Abraham and Sarah just after Abraham's circumcision, the end of last week's Parsha, and see them being greeted by three angels, presumably, although it never says that, whose purpose is to announce the birth of their future son, Isaac. Yitzchak. So this parsha really continues those themes of covenant and family connection and the ways that Judaism gets passed down from generation to generation. And it also introduces a very important additional Jewish theme, and that is the theme of justice. In the second part of Genesis chapter 18 and the beginning of 19, we read the story, the very troubling story, of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The basic arc of the story is that God reveals to Abraham that God is about to destroy these wicked cities and all the people in them. 
And then Abraham essentially, as many of you know, bargains or argues with God for the lives of the people in the city. Well, God, what if you can find 50 people, 50 righteous people? Then won't you save the city? What about 40? What about 30? Etc., etc. And God agrees at each stage. Now, in the end, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed. But nonetheless, the story sends an important message about justice, in which God agrees that these individual righteous people need to be considered as individuals, rather than simply as part of the larger whole that's been deemed as wicked. Now, before I go any further, I need to make one point about the Sodom and Gomorrah stories relatively quickly, because it's not what I want to focus on this week, but it's important, which is that this is not about homosexuality. I understand that that is often the way that Sodom and Gomorrah is described. In fact, there are words in the English language that come from this story that are about that. But that is not the topic, that's not the sin, quote-unquote, of Sodom and Gomorrah as far as the Torah is concerned, as far as the rabbinic commentators are concerned. And I said a lot more about that in last year's podcast um, on November 8th, 2022. So I invite you to look that one up and learn more about what was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah because it was not being gay. In fact, for the rabbis, for Jewish tradition, it has much more to do with a systemic injustice that seems to be built into the fabric of the society of these two cities. God God desires to destroy them because there's some sense that these societies can't be saved, that they are too far gone. And it's in the midst of all that that Abraham stands up and wags a finger at God's face, and it says that famous line, this is Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, Chalila lecha me'asot kadavar hazeh, far be it from you, God forbid, you might say, that you should do such a thing, God, to bring death upon the innocent along with the guilty. Hashofet kol ha'aretz lo yaseh mishpat, Should not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So Abraham calls out God for injustice. And the nature of the call out, the nature of Abraham's message, I think we can learn more about from the commentator Sforno. Ovadia Sforno is a 16th century Italian Jewish commentator who says as follows, What Abraham was afraid of was that from the wording of the decree that God might have meant that as long as the majority were guilty, that that would justify eliminating the entire city, including the innocent. In that event, God would not be perceived as acting justly. So in other words, Abraham's message here is, it's not about majority-minority. It's not about if some of them are bad, they're all bad. Even if most of them are bad, that doesn't mean they're all bad. We need to look at individuals, Abraham says. And in fact, Abraham's bargaining has at its core the notion of the individuality of every person. 50 righteous people, 40, 30, 20, 10 righteous people. 10 righteous people are worth a world. And so I would suggest that what Abraham is actually doing here is reminding God and reminding us about the dangers 
of dehumanizing, the dangers of generalizing a population. God, you can't just destroy the entire city of Sodom because there are some bad apples, even a lot of bad apples among them. You can't just paint an entire people with a single brush because of how some of them believe or behave. We cannot go about dehumanizing another people even because of the very loud actions of a number of their members. And along those lines, I want to quote my teacher, Rabbi Michael Marmer, who is a professor of Jewish theology at Hebrew Union College in Jerusalem. When I was a first-year rabbinical student 20 years ago, he was the director of our rabbinical program in Jerusalem. He is also a member of a group called Rabbis for Human Rights, which operates in Israel, and which believes in upholding the human rights of all individuals in the region. And Rabbi Marmer, just recently, just last week, gave an interview to the BBC in which he said the following. Actually, I was going to quote him, but then I remember that this is a podcast, so I'm going to drop a couple minutes of his interview with the BBC into this podcast so we can hear what he has to say. I hope it's legal to do this. Here's Rabbi Michael Marmer speaking with the BBC on October 19th. In the beginning here, he's talking about what Rabbis for Human Rights does, and then he'll go on to talk about the importance of seeing humanity in each other. We are involved in some more normal times, internal questions of social justice and the poverty gap and all the rest of it. And also um, trying to hold up a mirror to Israeli society to suggest that um, the moment we forget to see the humanity of the Palestinians who live alongside us and around us, the moment we forget that uh, uh, their humanity, we lose something of our own. It's a very difficult message to keep in mind in these desperate days. But And there are some Israelis, I will tell you, who say to us, this is no time to think about human rights. But perhaps this is the only time, this is the most significant time to do so. As you heard from the relative of the uh, uh, kidnapped people, um, ra- we face a choice. We can be drawn into this never-ending vacuum of uh, a hate and this kind of dance of death, or we can try and find some way of seeing each other. Now, I just want to make clear to you, that doesn't mean that every Hamas terrorist who came over into all of those uh, uh, towns and villages and kibbutzim and slaughtered, that there are, we should all just sit down and be nice with each other. But behind them, alongside them, there are millions of uh, Palestinian men, women, children who want to live lives of decency. And we have to find a way. These are dreadful days and they're not going to be easy. Uh, we can see what's happening in, as we speak. But after these days, we're going to have to find a way of regaining the focus that is necessary and rediscovering the humanity of each other. So I think Rabbi Marmer's message is actually really similar to Abraham's message, which is to say you have to see the humanity of the other. And that doesn't mean being naive about someone else's actions or giving in to terrorism. But I think it does mean two things. Number one, it means not generalizing. 
not drawing everyone with the same brush, not saying they're all terrorists because of who they are and where they live. That's exactly what Avraham warns God against doing in this Parsha. And number two, I think the message here is not to dehumanize. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media lately from Jews saying things like, they're all animals. And it's not always clear if we're talking about Hamas, if we're talking about Palestinians. I would suggest that none of that is useful. I've even seen Israeli officials using this kind of language. I believe we can fight this war without stooping to the level of dehumanizing the people on the other side of the border. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a Times of Israel podcast earlier this week with a journalist who noted that when he interviewed Palestinian mothers who are currently on the Israeli side of the border because they happened to be in Israel a month ago with their children getting medical treatment, when he interviewed these women, they had very little compassion for the innocent people that were slaughtered on October 7th. And I think you find the same on both sides of the border. We have very little compassion for the people, for the human beings that are being harmed on the other side because we have all been in the habit of dehumanizing the people on the other side of that fence. And we have ways of doing that. We call them collateral damage. We point out that our government's not specifically going after civilians. And all those things are true, and yet it doesn't diminish the humanity of people who are suffering. That, I think, is the message of Hashofet Kol Haaretz Lo Mishpat. Should not the judge of all the earth act justly? Abraham stands and demands that God see the humanity of the people on earth. And all the more so, we humans need to work a lot harder to see each other's humanity. So I say all of this, again, not to influence policy. The Israeli government's not calling me to ask what they should do, and honestly, I'm not sure I know the answer. But rather, I think we need to be very thoughtful about how we talk about these things on social media and amongst ourselves. I think we need to be aware of our own biases and aware on all sides of this conflict of our tendency to dehumanize the other. I know that as a Jew, I am regularly seeing a lack of compassion toward the Jewish victims of the slaughter on October 7th. And I also am seeing regularly Jews who are, in little ways and big ways, dehumanizing Palestinians. Most of us are not fighting the war, but we are engaging in the conversations that build the discourse around this war. And we just need to do better. We just need to do better at seeing the humanity in one another. So I thank you for listening to my rant. And I welcome your feedback at rabbistreifer at gmail.com. I hope to see you in the classroom at Tikva Through Text beginning next Thursday, November 9th. And I thank you for logging in to learn some Torah with me. See you next week. 7-Minute Torah is a production of La Asok, Sacred Texts, Modern Meaning. If you enjoyed this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. For more information about upcoming learning opportunities, go to laasoka.org, L-A-A-S-O-K.org. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Thanks for listening.